0: And sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System
1: podcast. I feel like a lot of photographers, especially in the beginning of their business, are not really honest with themselves about that, what they want to do because they want to just grab at the business that's coming to them. And if you can get really clear about what who you want to be photographing and who you want to be working with, then you can eliminate a lot of the noise.
0: hey guys now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com for only seven dollars you will get access to over one thousand videos including pricing posing marketing lighting sales inspiring photo shoots self-value and more yes you'll get your first month for only seven dollars when you become a pro member and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more Today, my guest on the portrait system is Rachel Griman with Green Chair Stories. Rachel started her career as a photographer, but she wanted to incorporate her writing skills into the services she provides. So now she branched off as a copywriter specifically for photographers. During the interview, Rachel gives tips about copywriting that are absolute gold. We talk all about website copy and how it translates to social media and to in-person selling. We also chatted about how to put your best foot forward with what you write and how to make your copy enticing. This is definitely a must-listen-to episode, even if you think you already have your copy good to go. All right, let's get started with Rachel Griman with Green Chair Stories. Hey, Rachel, welcome to The Portrait System. How are you today?
1: Great. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh... You know, looking out at the rain
1: here in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Always a lovely thing. I know, I know. Where are you right now? I live in Denver, Colorado. Oh, Denver. Nice. And it is uncharacteristically gray today, so I'm joining oh. you.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's killing me. It's been like this for like a couple of days, although it's supposed to be sunny all next week, so it's good. But. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, Rachel, just so our listeners know, you are a photographer. Yep. However, You are also a copywriter, and that is kind of your main business now, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay, so I am super excited to talk to you today, because copywriting, I think, is something that, oh man, I think a lot of us really need help with, and especially reviewing websites and, and things just as a mentor and and helping out so much in the portrait system group or whatever, we notice that a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, copywriting really... This is a topic we definitely need to talk about. So
1: I'm so happy to have you on. Well, I'm so happy to be here. I feel like photographers either are like, please desperately help me. I need help yesterday. Or they're like, what's copy? I don't really know (laughs) what that
0: is. (laughs) Well, okay. I want to hear your story because I know photography is, like I said, something that you started with and that is you know, has been part of your business. And you kind of specialize in copywriting for
1: photographers. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what we do. We don't write for anybody else. (laughs) We definitely play favorites.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about that. How did you end up branching into just copywriting for photographers?
1: Yeah, I was a photojournalism major in college. So, words and photos always went together for me. You know, I was always doing both. Mm -hmm. And then after college and at the end, I was working for nonprofits, just doing storytelling as a whole. So again, photos and words. And I spent, you know, almost a decade in the nonprofit world. And every job I had, I was doing both things. Because, you know, at nonprofits, you wear a bunch of different hats. So I was always the writer and the photographer. And then I decided in 2014 that I wanted to start a family photography business. And I started doing, you know, more like lifestyle stuff right away. Like I was never really that posy about it. And then I started doing documentary family photography. And then I went full-time later that year doing just photography. Because I kind of always thought in my head, like you don't make money as a writer. you know. Mm -hmm. That's the message you get growing up. So Mm -hmm. I was like, if writing jobs come to me, that'll be great, but no big deal. And then as all of us do, we join a million Facebook groups when we start our business (laughs) and we are searching for answers like, what's an S corp? Do I need to do that? Uh, And um, everybody's just asking a ton of questions and I felt like I was the needy one in those groups because I, I was running a business for the first time. I didn't know what I was doing. And... I felt like I could give back with writing. Everybody was constantly asking questions about how to write about themselves and Mm -hmm. how to structure their website. And I was like, oh, this I can do with my eyes closed. I've been doing this for years. And so I just naturally started helping people in those groups and friends. And eventually someone was like, can I just pay you to write my site? And I was like, is this a thing? I think this was in like 2015, 2016. And I was like, yeah, you can. And I think I charged $500 for the whole website, which is so funny now looking back. But I was like, big money. (laughs) And and that's kind of how I started doing it. And then she recommended me to people and they recommended me to people. And eventually, uh, my husband and I actually moved to Kenya for four months in 2017. Wow. We were working at a nonprofit there. And I was photographing, and I wasn't making any money. Obviously, it was volunteer work. And I felt like the copywriting side of my business could kind of keep us at least making some income while we were there. And that's really when it took off. And it started to become more clear to me that copy was the way forward in my business. And that is, I got pregnant there. And so then, especially with the baby, it just made a lot more sense to do something from home. Mm -hmm. And copy is completely remote, so I can do it from anywhere. So yeah, Yeah. that's kind of how I got started. It's a long winding journey. but
0: If you were to kind of just give a a basic overview of what copywriting is, just for people who are kind of maybe a little confused about it. Will you just do that real
1: quick? Yeah. So copy, the shortest definition I can give you is that it is the words that sell. So any words you write for your business that sell you or your services, that's copy. So content can also be considered copy. Content is like Instagram and your marketing emails, even your emails to your clients when you're delivering a gallery. I consider that copy because you're constantly priming them for the sale. And because Instagram has changed so much and now it's like click this link and you can buy something, it's kind of, the lines have grayed and blurred between content and copy. Rather than just fun stuff you're putting out there, you might be able to put something on Instagram that leads directly to money for you. So Mm -hmm. any words you write that sell anything for you, that's copy. Okay. I'm so glad you brought
0: this up because I think sometimes people think that copy stops at the website when it doesn't. It is like just so many different parts of your business. I mean, it is across your social media, your emails, everything that you just said. It's not just website. And right. all of the messages that you send with all of the words anytime you're speaking to a client whether it's through, you know, virtually on a computer screen or a phone or whatever it's
1: all considered copy. Absolutely. I always say, though, all roads lead back to your website because I think a lot of photographers, because Instagram has become, you know, a more all-inclusive platform where you can get a lot, like you can communicate a lot of different things in your one profile now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But... I still think, and for my photo clients that hire me, they still come to my website. They have to come to my website to reach out to me, or at least most people are curious. I don't know any photographers who put their pricing on their Instagram. So a lot of people are going to like want to, you know, investigate and see what they can learn from someone's website. So yes, everything is copy, but all roads lead back to your website, which is why that's like your cornerstone piece of content. That is the place that you own it's the place that you have complete control over and it's the place where you either lose or sell people.
0: Okay, yes. This is such a great point. And I'm even just thinking about I just hired my own photographer to do our family photos uh, oh, nice. tomorrow actually she's coming. <laughs> and of course that's exactly what I did. I went from her uh-huh. Instagram to her website and then we had, you know, some just messaging back and forth and you're right. It all does lead back to the website. Such a yeah. great
1: point. And a lot of photographers ignore that part because they're like, "Well, they can just find me on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm, and they can mm-hmm. just see what I do there." But you're right. That is how is,
0: I found her, though. I will yeah. say that's uh-huh. how I found her through a hashtag. I uh-huh. hashtag Ann Arbor family photographer.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Good for her. Good for her. That's great. But that's what Instagram is. Instagram is a tool to get found. It's not necessarily a tool a tool to sell people and to make you money. Right. And I think people get that twisted a lot because they're like, "Well, all my leads come from Instagram." I'm like, "Yes." But listen to that word, leads. Your leads uh-huh. come from there. That's not where they clicked the buy button. Something else in your process led to them saying yes.
0: Yes, I love this. This is so great. And also, I'm not going to lie, a bit overwhelming. Yeah. When you think about <laughs> all of these different puzzle pieces that are coming together to like create this amazing like map of my you know, language that I'm saying to all of these potential clients. So can we kind of break some of this
1: down? Like, as maybe we start with, where do you start? Right. I mean, that's a marketing strategy. And I think having your messaging down, Pat, and knowing exactly who you are, what you do, and who you serve, and how you do it, Mm -hmm. you can't create a marketing strategy until you know those things. And having copy done or writing copy yourself or doing your own like message mining can get you those things but until you know where your pe- who your people are and where they hang out you don't know where to start. You know, maybe your clients aren't on Instagram. I feel like a lot of your listeners are probably portrait photographers, and maybe they're not searching for hashtags. Maybe they're using Google. And so maybe SEO is the place for you to start. But you're never going to know where to start until you know who your people are and where they hang out.
0: Right. Okay, so how, I guess that means defining who you're trying to attract. Yes, And just starting with, okay, so if you're wanting to photograph high school seniors, you're probably going to be looking more at social media as opposed to Google. Totally. Whereas if you're looking at like, a, you know, over 50 campaign or something like that, then you
1: probably might want to look at Facebook. So you might do a Facebook ad, you know, depending on where people are. But you're going to do that by practice mm-hmm. and by be getting really honest with yourself. I feel like a lot of photographers, especially in the beginning of their business, are not really honest with themselves about that, what they want to do because they want to just grab at the business that's coming to them. And if you can get really clear about what, who you want to be photographing and who you want to be working with, then you can eliminate a lot of the noise.
0: Yes, Like yes. if you're a high yes.
1: school senior photographer, I don't know much about that group of people because I have really little kids (laughs) and all my nieces and nephews are like 10. So I don't know much about high school seniors, but I'm assuming a lot of them are on TikTok. Like if I were a high school senior photographer, I would be blowing up TikTok. Yeah, yeah. But I would need to know that I like working with them. So I think it's really important when you're new to figure out who you like working with. And honestly, you got to kiss a couple frogs.
0: <laughs> like oh, yeah. you have to do oh, yeah. some
1: shoots that you don't like. I know when I started doing photography, I did a couple super posed sessions in the beginning and I'm terrible at them. I am so bad at them and I hated it. And I love that look. It just wasn't my jam. So I went more the documentary family route. I love to spend 6 to 12 hours with a family and just take pictures of what they're doing. But I had to get really honest with myself about the fact that I had to say no to the people who wanted posed images because that wasn't even a good fit for them. They didn't like what I was Mm -hmm. like. There was a better photographer for them than me, even if they liked what I was doing. And I was going to like my business and my life more if I was willing to say those aren't my people. And I completely changed my messaging and what I was sharing to make sure that people knew that's not what I did. Totally. Totally.
0: I'm even thinking back to my own messaging. And back when I decided, this was like seven or eight years ago, when I decided I was going to really specialize in personal branding, right. I was like, okay, what messages do I want? Everything that you're saying, I was going through this process. Like, uh-huh. okay, I want to, I know there are so many women who have businesses who hate getting their photos taken. Huh? So yes. that's who I'm targeting. And that was what my messages, messaging was centered around. And it went that the same messaging, I'm, I'm thinking about how I've always done this even like my pitch at networking meetings Uh was similar to some of the language I was using on my social media and on my website because I knew who I was targeting. Totally. It really, when I think about it, that's something that helped to snowball those clients coming in is when I got that language
1: down. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like truly the key to unlocking. It's kind of the same thing when you're niching down, you know? Mm people are afraid to niche down because they think they're saying no to all of this opportunity to make money. But what you're really doing is getting super clear on who you serve and becoming the expert in that category. And when you become wanted in a category, that's when you can really start to make money.
0: Oh, that's so, so, so true. That's exactly what happened to me. Exactly. And I think too, actually, okay, let me ask you about this. How do you feel about repeat messaging? Like doing the same messages over and over.
1: Oh my gosh, you have to. It's so obnoxious. I hate it. It's my least (laughs) favorite part of my job because you really have to say something like 18 times Mm -hmm. until people understand it. And even if you're just tweaking one line or one word over and over again, people are not consuming every single thing you do. So I used to be so precious about, well, I said that on Instagram, so I can't say that in my newsletter. Or I said that on the Facebook uh-huh. post, so I can't say it on Instagram. And that's on my website, so I'm not going to put that. Oh my gosh, I have changed my mind so much about that. Now I repurpose my website content all the time. My website is an absolute beast. There are thousands of words on that bad boy. So if I'm struggling with an Instagram post, I'll just go over there and be like, what's the best thing I wrote on this page? Okay, we're going to make that into an Instagram post. Because oh, I love especially that. people on my Instagram, if you're a client who hired me, Hopefully you love me. So if you see that and you're like, oh, I read that when I inquired with Rachel, that's not going to mean they're not going to like it consuming that content again. <laughs> and if I'm on Instagram trying to reach new people, that means they haven't been to my website yet. So why not give them something that draws them in a little bit? So once you know your message, you need to say it until you are so sick of hearing it. And when I know I've succeeded, it's like when my husband is rolling his eyes at me when he hears me <laughs> saying the same thing over and over. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say it until I'm blue in the face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and I've said this on this podcast before, but I'll say it. I'm like, I'll say it again. (laughs) Repeat messaging. No. I mean, sometimes it's going to take people hearing and seeing your stuff for years before they decide to book you. This has happened to me so many times. Same. And it's like eventually the message is going to stick and they're going to be ready and then they're going to book.
1: Yes, I just finished a client who's been following me for three years and mm-hmm. he finally booked me this year and I've been nurturing that relationship on Instagram and not every lead time takes that long but it's like some people just need to be convinced over and over and it's like finally an Instagram post resonated with him to the point where he said, I want to book you and I'm like, that's the one? That's the one that resonated with you? <laughs> but you just never know what it's going to be and your audience is changing all the time. You can't assume everyone's reading every. Everything. I have people who diligently read my newsletter every single week that don't follow me on Instagram. You know, it's just a different audience.
0: Mm-hmm. I recently had my website redone. And after this conversation, I'm wondering how much copy I'm going to go update and <laughs> change after this talk. I looked at it. It looks great. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit about website because like some websites that I see, there's so much text. It's so overwhelming. Some of it, I'm like, what is happening? Like we're such visual artists because we're photographers, right? but we also have to include some of that text. So how do you balance it all?
1: Yeah. I mean, my websites tend to be typically longer because I write for a lot of like all-inclusive model photographers or I used to, we're getting a lot more like, um, Sales photographers lately, like in person sales. Mm-hmm. But um, with those, especially with wedding photographers, there's so many questions that people have, and you want your copy to answer all of them. Like you don't want to leave many doors unopened, and it's their choice. Like, and this is how I always explain it think about the way you use your phone, you are scrolling all day long you know, whether that's on Instagram or TikTok or Reels or Facebook, everything has taught us to scroll now. So gone are the days of the static gallery website on the homepage where, you know, you just have your navigation at the top and there's nowhere to scroll. You want your homepage to feel like a mini website all in one. You want there to be, you know, a paragraph about them Right when they get to your site, and a little paragraph about you or your services, and then a paragraph about the experience, a bunch of testimonials. Like, you want people to use that thumb on your homepage Mm -hmm. because not everybody's going to read every word, but there's some people who are. People digest information really, really differently. There's some people that are going to read one thing that resonates with them and hit the contact button. Great. But there's going to be other people who are like, I want to know every single thing that this person is about before I pay them any more attention. <laughs> so they're going to read every single word. So obviously your work is really important. It's important to showcase that. It's really important to include photos too that support the copy that you're writing. You know, you don't want to write about how you Creating extremely authentic images and then have an extremely posed bridal portrait right next to it. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm, you want to make mm -hmm. sure those messages match. But you also have to be aware that a lot of people have probably looked at your work elsewhere. You don't need an entire huge portfolio on your site anymore, because especially if you're somebody who has your Instagram set up, that it's really updated. Like, You can have a portfolio page, but not every page needs to be a portfolio, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. It does. So I just say, like try to limit your galleries to a portfolio or a blog page. You don't want other pages on your site to feel like a gallery because people aren't there to look at your photos. They're there to see if they connect with you. So the balance is really, what questions do people have when they reach out to you? And how can you create a website that answers them before they have them?
0: I mean, it seems like, at least this is my experience, when I'm personally looking for someone to hire someone for whatever random things, Right, I'm going to decide within a few seconds whether or not I'm going to stay or go. So do you think there should be some sort of like tagline or like, you know, like how do you keep
1: them from going? Yeah, that's a great question. I think 90% of photographers are making this mistake right now. So if you're not listening to anything else I say, listen to this. Don't put the first copy block. Don't make that about you. So many photographers, when you land on their site... The Here's first, me going to my website to see if I've done that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if you did. But honestly, you are not alone. Most photographers do this because in the templates that you buy from any shop... They prompt you with copy to write about yourself. It's not your fault, photographers. I'm not judging you or blaming you. But I feel like people buy a template and then they just fill it in with whatever the template prompts them to do. And you want to jump into the conversation your reader is having on their head, in their head already. So what that means is Again, this goes back to knowing who it is. And a big part of our process is we interview our clients' clients. So I call their past clients and I ask them questions about their buying process and what made them say yes. And it's never something on the client's website. It's always something they said in a call or posted about on Instagram. So I take that message that convinced their client to say yes, and I put that front and center on the homepage because that message is the main question they have when they land on that photographer's site. They don't care about you yet. They will in a minute. But what they care about is that you understand them. So a paragraph or a tagline that empathizes with their situation and what they're thinking is going to get somebody to stick around.
0: Okay, so I went to my website, and the first thing I talk about is me, 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 all me.
1: <laughs> all you have to do is slide it down, though. <laughs> I know that's a good point.
0: I, I mean, I will say though that I I feel like I'm a little bit different now because I'm I I love right now. I'm so in love with teaching other photographers that I yeah kind that is of different. like because I'm speaking to two audiences now. Yep. I'm speaking yeah. to my, you know, my photo clients who are not photographers and then I'm speaking to photographers as well. So I've, I have to find that balance, but yeah, that's, you know, totally. That's, just that's a
1: different scenario. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like someone put out a Pinterest download that was like, figure out your tagline and it's like blank photographer for blank couples and every photographer has been using it for like 10 years. <laughs> and when you think about somebody that has, you know, three tabs or 10 tabs open, looking for a photographer to hire for this specific thing, whatever they want to hire, how can you sound different from them?
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: how can you not have that generic tagline formula right on your site? What can you say that is going to really resonate with the people you love working with the most? Right. All right.
0: So at what point do you decide that I'm going to do my own copywriting versus hiring someone?
1: This is a great question. And I think it's different for everybody, but my general rule of thumb is we won't work with people who haven't been in business for like two or three years at least and they have to be in like active business Mm -hmm. because I'm never going to ask somebody to invest thousands of dollars in my service if I'm not 100% sure it will help them and be able to stick with them for a long time. When you're new in your business, you're figuring a lot out. You have to kiss the frogs. And if you hire a copywriter when you don't know what you don't like, then you don't know who you're writing to. And that messaging could change so dramatically over the course of a year or two Mm -hmm. of business. So I always say, you know, bootstrap it at first. In 2019, I created this DIY guide For photographers that way, because so many people were reaching out to me that I was like, I'm not going to take your money. Like this is not worth your investment yet. And they were like, but I don't know where to start. So I basically took our entire process that we do and created a guide so photographers can do it for themselves. That way. They're learning how to mine for messaging in their business, and they're learning how to figure out what they want to do and the kind of business they want to run on their own for a really low dollar investment. And then once they've kind of narrowed in on what they love to shoot, that's when you hire a copywriter. When you can look me dead in the eye and say, here are my three favorite clients and here's why, and here are the three things I hated doing, that's when you're probably ready.
0: All right. So for those people who are still just not in a position to hire someone. Yeah. Or at least hire you. Yeah. Where can they find this DIY thing so that they yeah, can get started? It's,
1: it's just on my site. It's just on greenchairstories.com in the shop. It's Green the, Chair pho- Stories. the okay. photographer's guide to write your site right. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So, I mean, let's say, you know, someone is ready and they know. Yeah. You know, like, I guess, how do you decide if you're Good enough. Like, do you have to be a good writer in order to do all of this on your own? Like, maybe a seasoned person still it doesn't just have it in the budget. Like, maybe they have a good business going and everything, but they're still not quite there. Like, how do you just like do you have to be a good writer to do this yourself? I guess
1: no, you don't. I mean, obviously, it helps. It helps if you can string some things along. But if you're going to do it yourself, like in my guide, I outline kind of the wireframe of every single section of what should go in which section and why. So it doesn't need to be, you know, the most poetic thing in the world. If that's not who you are, it just needs to answer the questions that people have. So like, I feel confident I could teach my husband how to write a website with, you know, a guide or like holding his hand a little bit because The real key here is knowing your clients and knowing what you want, not necessarily knowing the perfect words to say. And I always say, let your clients do the writing for you. They're giving you fantastic copy all the time. They're giving you great copy in the emails that they send to you When they inquire, you can glean a lot from that because they're asking you really specific questions. So you can look through all of your inquiries and say, okay, people seem to have this theme of question. How can I answer that better right away on my site? Or you can look at your reviews. You can look at how you made people feel. So that's kind of painting the outcome of what people will feel like after they work with you, which is a big part of copywriting, kind of speaking to how they feel now and then speaking to how they'll feel after they work with you. Um, You can call them. That's part of the guide. I tell people to call their favorite past clients and ask them why they hired you. If you can figure out the words they use about why they said yes, they are writing the copy for you.
0: Mm, This is really, really smart.
1: Thank you. Really (laughs)
0: smart, because then it's just there.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just there. there. Yeah, and that's what I do. Like, I would like to say, think that I'm a very good writer. I better be. It's I have a degree in it, but at the same time, I'm still a hundred percent relying on those client interviews and their testimonials to come up with the core messaging for their site. Like, I'm not pulling words out of thin air. It's not mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, slinging good prose on their websites that's getting them hired. It's because I'm reflecting back to them what those readers want to hear.
0: Like, it it almost seems like you have to think about, you know, the pain points that people have and also what excites people. And really, and, and this is something I talk about in my personal branding course, too, is like hitting all of that in the marketing is so, so, so crucial. And, okay, but what do you think about trying to make it relatable? Like, how do you incorporate making what you do relatable to the clients that you are trying to attract.
1: I am so glad that you said pain points and make it exciting because pain points is a word, if you read any article about copywriting, it has that phrase in it, pain points. But I would argue that in what photographers do, there's joy points. Like that excitement is so much more important than speaking to their pain. Mm -hmm. Yes, you want to acknowledge their struggle. Like I'm writing for a client right now and she's an IPS photographer and she really does like a full service thing, like hair and makeup and she makes their life so easy. So I'm absolutely going to talk about how busy they are and how they need somebody to kind of take all of this off their plate. But... That's not what I'm leading with. I'm leading with, you know, the legacy that they're building right now and having the images on their walls to help them live in those memories rather than having them hide on a phone. Like, you want to speak as a photographer to... The outcome as much as you're speaking to their struggle. Definitely. I always put the struggle on more of the interior pages because you, especially for wedding photographers, like people are getting married. You don't want to start the website with like, I know you're so overwhelmed right now. Like <laughs> I've seen people do that and maybe it works, but that's not my jam at all. So, um, in answer to your question about relatability, I think if you are your ideal client, that's where you can try the relatability piece. Like for me, I my clients tend to be a lot younger than me. I have a lot of younger photographers who hire me. And so my relatability is kind of making fun of my age a lot. So they know that I'm self-aware and that I'm not like trying to be Gen Z. (laughs) But I don't think relatability, like if relatability isn't in your wheelhouse as a writer, the more you try to be relatable, the more it's going to read like you're trying. So I would much rather somebody sound like themselves than try to sound like they're connecting with someone else. Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. always say, read your site out loud. Like read every word that you write out loud and see how it feels coming out of your mouth. If it feels unnatural, then think twice about putting it there.
0: That's really smart advice. It really is. I don't know that like... I don't know that I've ever really read my... No, actually, I guess I have now that I think about it because so much of <laughs> of what is on my website is my pitch. Like I say yep. it, it rolls off yeah. my tongue. So I guess I have done that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm going to encourage everyone who's listening to read their website or have someone read it to them. Yeah. So they can hear
1: it. Yeah, this is good. And if you're having a hard time writing your site, this is another reason you don't have to be a good writer take a prompt or take, like look at a section of your site that you're having a hard time with and look at your best friend or your partner or somebody you trust and record yourself talking to them about what you want to say there. Just talk, Mm -hmm. just stream of consciousness. If you could get the perfect message across, what would it say? And I guarantee you, if you record yourself talking for five minutes, you're going to come up with, you know, a golden nugget of a phrase that can go right there.
0: Right. So, Rachel, you had said that you're working with a lot of sales based photography, like yeah. photographers who do in person sales. Uh-huh. How, how might copy change for, for folks who do that? Because we, like at the portrait system, we're all about in person sales, even if it's yeah. doing, you know, a Zoom photo viewing or photo reveal or whatever, just, just having that contact as you're doing it. So, how, how would that change?
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is something that I'm honestly learning a lot about this year because we have so many more clients that are using this model. And I think it's a fantastic model. I did like a hybrid of sorts. I didn't do print products, but I did like a lot of like, hey, you get 10 images for the session fee. And if you want to buy them all, it's this. So kind of like somewhere in the middle, like I... adore the model, I think it depends on your comfort level. I've written for some people who kind of want to keep their cards close to their chest and they want to sell on the phone and that's fine. There's, I'm not going to change your sales process because of copy. <laughs> but I also think that I value and appreciate people that are like, hey, here's my starting price. People usually invest X amount of dollars because depending on what market you live in and who you're marketing to, my answer completely changes. Because if you're a luxury photographer in a huge city where people are really used to this kind of sales model, then you don't have to lay it all out there. They know what they're getting into. You don't need to explain it. But if you are in a town where there's a lot of all-inclusive shoot-and-burn photographers and people do not know how this works, you're going to have to give them a little bit more information before they reach out to you. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's not necessarily about... The messaging that changes, but more about the amount of information that you give. Like, there is just not one way to sell to all the different kinds of clients and in all the different demographics. Like, if you're getting a lot of, like, let's say, family photographers if you're getting a lot of parents inquiring with you that have only ever paid $300 to get all the digital files, you're going to need to do a little bit more coaching on your website about why it costs X amount to get 10 digitals. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We have this on the Portrait System website. We have this five contact points of sales video. It starts all the way from like networking during the photo shoot, during the consultation, all of it. It's just, it's all so incorporated. But I'm just wondering if... So let's say someone is doing in-person sales, like the language that people use during the actual sales process. So like not even just the written words, but as they're speaking it, like, you know, how do you translate from print, you know, just what you're saying on your website and all that into how you're speaking it, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think it's all about honesty. Like Mm -hmm. I think if you can honestly say, hey, I used to do it this way and this is what I saw with my clients. They never printed a a damn thing. (laughs) And (laughs) now I do it this way and my clients have these gorgeous gallery walls and they're thrilled with it. You know, speaking, and this is where the relatability piece can come in. Talking to somebody about what you've seen by selling this way, by structuring your model this way. And I have even as gone as far to say like, this isn't about me making money. This is about how I can serve you best and what works best for this season of your life. And again, this all comes full circle back to knowing your clients. Well, like if you know what they're struggling with and why this is hard for them and what they want at the end of the day then you can highlight the parts of your sales process and the parts of your model that serve them
0: should you be talking about this you know any part of the sales process in your social media and that sort of thing or just save it for like the pricing pdf and the website and that sort of thing
1: i mean i don't think that there's a one size fits all answer to that i think it completely depends on your comfort level and who you're talking to and who you're attracting, okay. because some people might get turned off by that. You know, like mm-hmm. I, again, I'm thinking of like New York, LA, these like really high end clients that are like, well, we don't care. I don't need to see how much it costs on Instagram. I'm going to pay whatever mm-hmm. you charge because I love your work, you know, but that's somebody that's been in business a really long time. If you're somebody that's just starting out and trying to get more sessions and trying to figure it out, you might need to educate people in your town about why it's different and about yeah. why you cost this much.
0: I wonder if, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm not even thinking like instead of not necessarily sharing prices, but kind of like, okay, you know, showing behind the scenes of the clients coming back and seeing their printed photos or doing like a screenshot of you oh, doing I think the that's Zoom awesome. reveal, like that sort of thing.
1: I think that's awesome. And you know, something that I've seen really effective for this kind of model is like video testimonials of people who have done it talking about like, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how valuable it was to sit there and watch my slideshow of my Mm -hmm. family. You know, like if you can get your clients speaking for you, building that social proof, either through written testimonials or video testimonials, like, and that is such an easy thing for you guys to get because you can give them a print. Like you can be like, hey, can you send me a video of your experience doing this kind of thing? I'll give you X whatever for that. And that is so valuable. When I get video testimonials from my clients, I always get a ton of inquiries. Yeah, yeah. Because it's trust. It's building trust. And that's all that sales photographers need to do is building trust in your process and building trust in you that you're going to take care of them and that you have their best interest at heart.
0: Yeah, I like that. And it, it, we've talked about this before on this podcast where it's about people will book who they know, like, and trust. Yep. And I think you can build so much trust through through your words, Absolutely.
1: And through other people talking about you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that is like, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, businesses that can run off of referrals. What about during the photo shoot process? Like, is there a way, I mean, and I know you're, you're always trying to build trust and, you know, I'm just wondering, like during the photo shoot process, is there any, anything that you kind of Okay. And I know this is a weird question because I know copywriting is more like the written <laughs> word, but I'm just thinking like the spoken word or like words that you could put on your wall when they walk in or like, you know, I don't know. Is there anything you could that could help like elevate the, sh- the actual experience of the photo shoot when it comes to copyright
1: stuff? Yeah. I think that when you talk about the experience on your website of working with you, like we write a lot of experience pages for people. So you're kind of laying out the one through five, what it looks like to work with me. If you can kind of tee that up, like in a really fun and honest way, like, Hey, step five, you walk into my, you know, cozy studio, Grab a glass of whatever, and we sit down and watch your photo. Sh- you sit on my red couch and watch your photo shoot. It gives these really specific indicators of what they can expect and what they'll see. Like if you can be specific about who you are and about what they'll experience, they can start to picture themselves there. And then when you deliver on that promise, it just builds that trust a little bit more.
0: Oh, this is like gold. I really feel like this is gold, and and I and I think it really does. This spans across the board. It is from the second that service begins and and you're serving them even just through your social media without them even realizing it. I feel like it starts from the second you're trying to attract clients Uh all the way through when they're done and asking for the testimonial and just all of it. It's... It really is. It's all so important.
1: Yeah, it is. And your copy can really clarify some things that you feel insecure about or some things that you're not sure about how to handle in your business. I can't tell you how many people, after going through the process with us of having their copy written, have changed fundamental parts of their workflow or what they do because they realized it wasn't serving them or their clients well.
0: Okay, so maybe an example, and I could be wrong on this, but like sometimes clients expect, like a sneak peek. right? And the way that we do with IPS, we don't usually do that anymore. So it's like in in just two weeks, you will get to come back and see. So like you're setting that expectation maybe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or people that were sending these like really lavish gifts and it's like, why? Do people Uh, care about that? Do they ever use that? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Or You know, or emails that they would send. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how many of your clients actually take you up on the wardrobe side of things? Mm -hmm. Like, do we actually want to send that email or is that just kind of overwhelming them at this point? And so, just it gives you a chance to look at what you're saying you're going to deliver from the jump, like on your social media and on the homepage of your website to what the client's real lived experiences and trying to get those to match as closely as possible. That's where the like, no trust factor comes in. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember when I first started and I was providing like cheese and strawberries and <laughs> chocolate and all of this. Yeah. And the only one eating it was me and my makeup artist. And I was like, this is dumb. I'm wasting so much money. <laughs> yeah. And the clients, for some reason, are not eating it. I don't, I mean, totally. I would eat it if I was a client. I don't know why they weren't. I don't know. Maybe they were nervous,
1: but. Maybe it saved you a lot of money, though, to take that oh, out.
0: Totally. It Absolutely, it did. I mean, you're talking 15 bucks at least. Well, I lived in Seattle. We'll make it $55 Yeah, <laughs> a shoot, you know? Totally. So, wow, this is all so great. Now, if someone were to actually full-blown hire a copywriter, Whether it's you or someone else, and I know you have a team of copywriters as well, but what can someone expect to spend to really get a quality job done?
1: Yeah. So it ranges. And I always say, like, just like you are not the photographer for everyone, I am not the copywriter for everyone. And I have a long list of referrals of people who I really trust. And it's like, I just want to make sure people are getting the best experience with a copywriter. I don't care if it's us or not. But Honestly, you should not spend less than five thousand dollars on a website. Like that's a pretty good litmus test for and people. The full
0: it, website, including copy, or just yes, copy,
1: just copy, okay, just copy. Got it. Yep. So, just for a copywriter, it should be like five to ten thousand dollars because people are going to be giving you those core messages that you come back to all the time. They're going to teach you what people like about your process and give you just kind of like this pillar to come back to time and time again, when you're trying to figure out if you want to say yes to a client, if you want to take a certain job, like copy really and your message is really the cornerstone of your business. And so I would say that's probably what you can expect to spend a minimum of like, I'll say four grand.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair, and if you think about it, like we, most of the people that we interview on on here have anywhere between fifteen hundred and you know four five thousand dollars average shoot sales. Exactly. yeah.
1: I always so, say like I try to stay keep our pricing in line with our clients and what they charge for mm-hmm. one session. So, and a lot of what we write for is wedding photographers, and so it's it's always around what they charge. Yep.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. How, would your messaging, I mean, obviously it's going to change because it's to different clients, but like, yeah. how would it differ for wedding photographers and portrait photographers?
1: I mean, it it's a completely different business. So yeah. with weddings, you know, you're talking about somebody making the biggest commitment of their life. And so the copy really revolves around that relationship, mm-hmm. not necessarily like the photographer's vision, if that makes sense. Yeah. But like, I know on your site, you talk a lot about being a creative director, right? Was that your site that I saw?
0: Um, More so about, I will like pose and direct you and I will help you through this. Like, right. don't worry, I got you. You're right. going to feel beautiful, that kind of thing.
1: And here's where the pain point comes in. Like for a couple they're looking for somebody to capture their love. Mm -hmm. For your clients, like I would be your ideal client, I want somebody to tell me what the hell to do with my hands. And (laughs) so uh, like that's where the messaging differs. You are meeting them in a different place. Mm -hmm. You're kind of solving a problem for me. Wedding photographers are meeting somebody in the most exciting phase of their life. And kind of relieving some of the stress that can come along with that. And they want their love to be showcased. I want you to make me look like a, boss babe and make me feel beautiful and confident in a way that I don't look every day in my life. Yeah. So yep. I think portrait photographers have a job of, I need to trust you that you're going to make me look better than I see myself. And wedding photographers have a job of like, I'm going to show you exactly what your love looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. And even thinking about family photographers, we have a lot of family photographers who listen. It's yeah. like our family photo shoots tomorrow, I want my little dudes, I don't want to have to think about capturing them. I want someone else to capture their personalities. <laughs> yeah. Individually, however they are behaving tomorrow, <laughs> how whatever happens, it is going to be real life and I am going to eat it up because I yeah. want those moments with my little dudes. So yeah. like, that's the type of messaging I look for is like.
1: And ugh. what you look, like your interaction with them. Like mm-hmm. I have so few photos mm-hmm. of me with my babies and. Like, I want a photographer that's really going to prioritize my connection with them.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, when I was looking through Natalie's work and and why I hired her is, it is, it's the mom and kid connection that she has when I was scrolling through her Instagram. Yeah. I think the reason, not even realizing this, that I hired Natalie is because of the like mom and child connection that she has on her site. Like, I cannot tell you, I have selfies with my children. My husband does not think to take our photos unless I am in the most unflattering position. I'm dead asleep with one child under one arm (laughs) and the other, and I have like drool coming out of my mouth. I'm like, thanks, babe. I'll keep that for me. Of course, I love those moments. I'm not saying I always have to look like amazing, but come on, like every so often, you know.
1: Well, especially as moms who are photographers like us, like I make my husband look like a model, uh-huh, like in my images of him with the kids, like he has thousands to choose from, and I look at mine, and I'm like that that's the best you could do, yep, like, yeah try, but <laughs> yep, let's try that again, honey,
0: yeah, yeah, no, i it's so funny, yeah, so. Well, this has been really, really great. And I think, I think people are definitely going to have a lot to think about and a lot to tweak uh, in their messaging, on their websites, everywhere. So this has been yeah. so, so, so great, Rachel. Really,
1: really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
0: Well, I, and I do have a couple more questions. I always ask this at the end of each episode. And I know you are a photographer, so I'm still going to yeah. ask you this first, the first question, which is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot?
1: Snacks. I'm usually with a family for like 6 to 12 hours. That blows my mind. I don't like to rely on them to feed me entirely. So my bag is full of snacks. And I always bring my little Polaroid too, so I can give them a couple like fun like in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, That's very cool. All
0: right. And number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working?
1: I mean, it has been a lot of family time the past two years. (laughs) I had a baby in June of 2020. So obviously we were like very, very cautious. So we have just been like staying close to home. And as you know, as a mom of young kids, they're always sick. So Mm -hmm. I really try to limit their exposure to illness outside of daycare. (laughs) So we do a lot of crafts. We do a lot of hanging out in the backyard. Um, I am on TikTok a lot more than I would like to admit when the kids aren't <laughs> around. I just feel like this phase of life is a lot of like going from one room to another and just trying to keep the house running. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like alive, hobbies. Every, yes. yeah, everyone's fed. Exactly. Yeah. My hobbies include like driving to do a grocery pickup and being alone for a second right now. Oh, I know.
0: I'm like, I'll go grocery shopping even exactly. though I loathe grocery shopping. It's I'm same. like, I'll it's go, like, babe. Don't worry. It's a
1: highlight. <laughs> I am very interesting just not right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Although with my kids being four and five, four and almost six, it's starting to get oh. like Oh,
1: yeah. You're at like the sweet spot.
0: Yeah. I feel like I, like my husband and I, just for the first time, we took a vacation. It was only four days, but it was four days of pure bliss. <gasps> we went to Exuma and sw- swam oh, with the pigs. Good job. Well yeah. done. That was our first time in six years going on vacation, just the two of us, and it was splendid. Am I must say. That's fabulous. Yeah. One day. One day. Yeah. All right. Number three is, what is your favorite inspirational
1: quote? Oh, gosh. Probably comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. Just because I feel like our whole world is comparison. Mm -hmm. Like over and over and over again, all day long, you're getting hit in the face with it. And if you can remind yourself that like success can only be defined by you and not what other people are posting about on social media, then happiness is going to be a lot easier to come by.
0: Uh, I'm so smiling right now. I'm so (laughs) glad you said that. It's
1: all so true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. And number four is, what would you tell people who are just starting out?
1: Oh, man. Um, there's a reason you started. Not necessarily like a numeric reason. You know, there's something that drew you to this. And if you can always remind yourself of what that is, no matter where it leads you, you're probably going to stay a lot closer to the joy of it all. hmm Mm-hmm. Love it.
0: Hey, I have another question I forgot to ask you before. Yeah, go ahead. How does copy apply to email lists and the email that you send?
1: Yeah. So email marketing is really, really important for a lot of reasons. And you don't even have to have, like, honestly, even if it just keeps you top of mind, especially if you're a family photographer, you have an opportunity to capture people over and over and over again because people need family photos or want them every year. So, or like. If you're a personal branding photographer, like I need updated photos for my business all the time. So honestly, even if you're just showing up to stay top of mind for people, that's enough (laughs) in some instances. But being a resource for people, your email list is a really great way to show yourself as a valuable resource and help people think of things that maybe they hadn't thought of before and kind of frame something in a new way. Obviously, I'm writing to photographers about copy. So I write a lot about kind of quick tips that they can change themselves right now. Um, I share a lot of interesting articles and podcast interviews like this one. And I also just do really fun ones. That's where I really ramp up the relatability piece. Like every, the first Wednesday of every month, I send out one that's like what I know about Wednesday. And like, I grew up Mennonite. So like one of them was like what I know about Mennonites and Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with my niche, but it just shows people my personality Mm -hmm. and kind of gets them endeared to me a little bit. Now, those should be less frequent than your informational ones about your business. But it's a great way to, again, just remind people that you exist. Remind them that you're around, that you're still doing this thing. Now, when I think about emails and workflows, and that's a whole different beast. Email marketing is just a place to launch services and to stay top of mind. When you are emailing with a client through your process, that is really, really important. And I always say the way you make people feel in the process of working with you is what gets you referred, not necessarily the end product. It's a given that you're a good photographer at this point. If you're selling you know, big numbers and you've been in business for a while, what's not a given is how you make people feel. So your email process and how taken care of and informed they feel, that's what's what people are going to talk about to their friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. This has all been
0: so great. And then greenchairstories.com and same with Instagram.
1: Yep. That's the name of the website and the Instagram handle. I'm on Instagram a lot, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Me too. Well, not lately, not the last week or two. Yeah.
1: You've got to be there though. I don't have a choice, but the people make it worth it. It's true. It's very true.
0: Well, thank you again, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll get to meet in person one day. But until then, I will be following you online. And yeah, this has been awesome.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, you take care. You too. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? Lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.